How many know that small seeds yield big things? There's a gentleman in India named Jadev Pang, and he's known as the forest man of India. Has anyone ever heard of this gentleman? He created an entire forest by himself over 40 years. When Mr. Pang saw his homeland turned into a natural wasteland, he took action and single-handedly created a lush forest. It's taken nearly 40 years, but that forest today spans over 1,300 acres. But Julie Island is located on the Brahmaputra River in India. The area is home to some 170,000 people. And over the past century, this island, Majuli, has lost nearly three-fourths, or 75% of its land mass. The flow of the river has become so powerful that it completely eroded the strip that connected Majuli to the mainland and has washed away the area's greenery. The flooding has left behind a landscape void of trees and grass filled only with sand. In 1979, Majuli suffered a particularly devastating flood that did a lot of damage. And so Mr. Peng, shortly after, took the first step by himself in what would become a massive undertaking. He planted a seed. Peng reasoned that the tree's roots would bind the soil and soak up excess water, which would help to prevent future floods and sinking land. With this in mind, Mr. Peng simply began to drill deep holes into the land with a stick into which he then poured seeds. He was no certified specialist, and his technique was far from complex, but over some 40 years of time, his simple strategy has paid off. Today, the seeds Peng has scattered have grown into a forest larger than Central Park in New York City. The once barren wasteland is covered by an approximate uh, estimate of 1,360 acres of forest compared to Central Park's 840 acres. The sandbanks are now roamed by birds, monkeys, tigers, and even a number of elephants. The trees he's planted over the years cast a shade for people to enjoy. It is now a lush field of greenery where there once was a barren wasteland. Let me tell you something, that small seeds yield big things. In 2017, in September, as Pastor Johns mentioned, myself and my wife, our two children, and we knew her grandparents, wonderful elders of God, were going to go to Super 8 in Union, Missouri. The only thing missing is you, as their sign said, as we drove in. We knew the six of us were going to be there. We had reached out to some families in the community. My wife and I could not play any instruments. We were not uh, gifted in singing. Looking back, I don't know what we were thinking, but we decided that the Lord had called us to union and we were going to start having Bible studies. From that first day until now, God has blessed in a powerful, powerful way. The small seeds that were planted on that day and have, be, have continued to be planted as every Sunday and every Wednesday we have planted the word of God there in this city have grown deep roots and have grown a luscious congregation of greenery, as it were, in the spiritual realms. But it wasn't always like this. It wasn't always easy. In 2008, my wife and I both lost our jobs and our child, Briley, was born early. We had some medical complications. We were living in St. Louis. I had graduated from Gateway in 2007 with Brother Joel Johns, and I thought my 
future in ministry was ahead of me. I thought everything was rosy. I had plans of where I was going to go and what I was going to do. And then the shock of the loss economically set us back a little bit. We had to move out into the country, a ways out of St. Louis to a small community of Bourbon, Missouri, some 1,600 people. At the time, 1,300. We've had a little revival. And as we moved out there, I went into what I think, looking back, was a time of depression. I felt that my ministry career was over. We continued to drive to the sanctuary in St. Louis, an hour and 15 minutes away for two years as we would do that. On Sunday for two services, and Wednesday we tried to remain faithful. And finally, when it no longer worked, we switched to a church that was closer to us. And we were there for five years, and God was moving in a powerful way until the church imploded because the pastor had a moral failure. And then we moved to another church, and we didn't know if this would be the place we would end up, but ultimately we felt that this was not where we should be. And so in the midst of all of that, I felt like God had forgotten about me. I was elected to a sectional youth representative situation in the district, Section 8. I represented them. And every time I would drive through the city of Union, some 10,200 souls, 17,000 in the zip code, a county seat, I would always say to my wife, somebody should start a church here. Somebody should start a church here. There we found ourselves in 2017, unsure of our future. And as I dropped my wife off for an accounting final at the local community college, I sat in a fast food restaurant and began to pray about what our future was. I didn't know what it was. I thought God had forgotten about me and he brought back all the feelings every time I drove through and I felt a confirmation. And so without really a plan in place, we went into Super 8 on September 17th, 2017 and God has made a way where there seemed to be no way. Amen. I believe we have some pictures that I would like to show you about how small things yield, small seeds yield big uh, trees, and they grow an awesome, awesome thing for us to see. When we first met in uh, Union, we were at a Super 8 at the hotel there in the breakfast nook. Um, there was about nine of us, I think, that perhaps showed up at that first event. Here's my wife and myself and the pictures there. You can see this is our very first service on the 17th in 2017. If you go on to the next couple of slides, eventually we moved into an old library. There's the old library right there. We began to grow a little bit. We maybe were at 20 or 25. And then as we move on, you see Sister Terry and Jackson in that picture ministering. As you move on, you see that we met in the Locust and Oak Coffee House. And God began to bless us a little bit more. We had to set up on Saturday evenings. It took us about an hour. As you move on to the next slide, please. We would take us about an hour to set up for that in the Locust and Oak Coffee House. You can go to the next slide, please. Here's an outreach community event with the sanctuary as we would go and knock doors and we would invite people to church. They were gracious enough to help us. You can go to the next slide, please, after that. Here we have a community event as we began to reach the city of Union. The Missouri District partnered with us and we were able to have a mighty, mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God as many people were touched. It was just a powerful thing as people in the community came. There's a lot of drug addicts and drug rehab facilities in Union and many of them came and God moved in a powerful way. Next slide, please. Here are teaching Bible studies to some in the city. God moved in a powerful way in my friend Daniel's life. Here we are in a dance studio. How many knows that you can dance in a dance studio for the kingdom of God? I've learned you can have church anywhere. Next slide, please. Here we are in Locust and Oak Coffee House as we grew. Next slide, please. 
And here we are where we currently meet in the new library there in Union, in the scenic regional library. We've met in realtors' basements. We've met in yoga studios. We streamed during COVID. You can go to the next slide, please. We've had girls' Bible studies every Sunday night after church. My wife teaches a girls' Bible study in our home. Next slide, please. Every single situation that we've gone through, we've baptized. You can just show all these baptism slides. These are just a, a small sliver of all of the people we baptized, people filled with the Holy Ghost. Awesome engagement in our community as God has moved in a powerful, powerful way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. At the end of these baptism slides, you'll see the land, plot of land that we were given in our architectural drawings as we see what our future is. Here, Brother Glenn Smith is meeting with Brother Brian Parkey, our district superintendent, as he gave us property in Union. This gentleman wanted to start a church some 20 years ago, was unable to, and so this land has been sitting there waiting for us to build a church on. He gave it to the district to give to us. We honor Brother Parkey, Brother Carr, and Brother Glenn Smith. Our district elders, here's the district board celebrating with us as they signed it over to us as it passed through the district board. Next slide, please. There my, there's my family and I. We took this picture to announce to our church in a special moment on a Sunday. Next slide, please. Here's the plot of land. You can see up there the top part. Next slide, please. Amen. And then we have, I believe I gave it to the, the slide team, we have our... Uh, rendering from our architect of the building that we are going to have available to us. But we are thankful to God for everything that he has done. But it all started in a super eight. And here we are today with God giving us land and having a building rendering a blueprint of what God is going to do. Can you just give some praise to God with me of what he wants to do? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. God does great things in small beginnings, and I thank him for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And just like Mr. Pang, we are simply planting and trusting God for an abundant harvest. And so today, if you would like to partner with us, and I'm going to preach to us in a moment, if you'd like to partner with us, we could use some help in purchasing some chairs for this building that we are going to be building. We just launched our capital campaign for our own church. I know that you are adding on here and you are going through the same situation. It's a difficult time, but it's an exciting time as we see what the Lord is doing. And we thank you for being willing to hear us today and to feel our burden and to help us. And if you can do that, we would greatly appreciate it as we move forward with Life Point Church in Union, Missouri. Amen. I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter five, verse number one, if you'd stand with me for the reading of the word. Luke 5, verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Verse eight, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. For a few moments tonight, for the remainder of this service, I want to preach to us on this thought, obedience in the shallows, obedience in the shallows. Would you put your Bibles down and would you pray with me one more time tonight? Jesus, we thank you for what we have felt in worshiping you in song we thank you for the vision that you have given Atlanta West as they are in a building program. We thank you for what you have given us in a vision in Union, Missouri for Life Point Church. You are taking the kingdom of God further. We are reaching more people, and we ask that you administer to us tonight from your word. We thank you for what you have given us, and we look forward for more. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. We see here in Luke 5, a situation that is very similar to what I had referenced earlier. We see that there are small beginnings and then there are great revivals and harvests that come after that. Church planning and ministry in general can be discouraging, exhausting, and disappointing. Simon Peter, James, and John were also exhausted and perhaps a little disappointed after their night out here on the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Lake of Gennesaret. And here they are coming back in with an empty boat and empty nets. We know that Jesus had communication with them earlier in Luke and, and Matthew and Mark. We, we know for a fact that here in Luke, in, in chapter 4, he had healed uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So they knew who Jesus was. But for some reason, they're out fishing again after they've had contact with the master. And so Jesus dramatically demonstrates to these future disciples what he wants to do in their lives and what he wants to do in the kingdom of God. When, when Jesus comes to them, he, he wants to show them that there is something greater than just simply catching some fish, that there is a greater revival in their future. There are many reasons that these fishermen could have ignored Jesus that night. They could have said, I worked all night and I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm weary, Jesus. Peter could have said, I know a lot more about fishing than a carpenter does. He could have said, the best fishing is at night, not in the daytime, Jesus. He could have said, all these crowds and loud teaching have scared the fish away. He could have said, we've already washed our nets and they're empty. He could have said, Jesus may know religion, but he doesn't know fishing. He could have given him any excuse, but he did not. I don't know if you've ever been there where you are a little weary and tired and you maybe aren't ready to do what God has called you to do. However, when Jesus asked Peter for the use of his boat, Peter obeyed in a very powerful and a profound way. When Jesus told Peter to go back out and fish, which went against Peter's expert opinion, he obeyed. Scripture teaches us that obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm here to preach to someone today, to myself and to Atlanta West and to those watching online and to Life Point Church of Union, Missouri. What God can do in the deep begins when you trust him in the shallow water. I'm here to preach to someone today that the mighty move of God that you and I want to see, the revival, the church plant, doesn't, doesn't start when we have 500, 1,000, 5,000 people. It starts with six or 15 in a Super 8. It starts in an old library. It starts in a coffee house. It starts at a yoga studio. It starts at a dance studio. It starts in home Bible studies. It starts when we step out and begin to plant the seed. What I'm saying is this, is that obedience begins in the shallows. 
Obedience begins in the shallows. Don't despise the day of small things and small beginnings. God wants to do a great thing in your life and in my life if we will begin to dig that hole and to plant the seed. Jesus is looking for hard workers as he was in this account in Luke chapter five. And that's what I like about Peter and James and John is that they were hard workers. We read how they had been toiling all night and they were still working on cleaning their nets. God is looking for people who are already busy doing things for his kingdom. You see, many people want to get up and preach behind a pulpit, but they can't be bothered to teach a Bible study one-on-one. Many people want to get behind a pulpit to sing, but can't be bothered to worship in the congregation when it's not about them. Many people want miracles, but they don't want to walk in holiness. Many people want to see God speak to them audibly, but won't read his written word. And what I tell you today is that God moves in the small things. God can move in a super eight. I've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost in many, many locations. God can do things in places that you and I would never expect, and he can use people that we would never expect. And so hard work and his calling begins in the shallows. Imagine with me, if you will, what Peter and James and John were thinking as they're weary in body, coming in from working all night, and Jesus asks for the use of the boat. He says, just go off a little bit into the shallow water. I need to speak to these people. Peter, tired and weary. All right, Jesus, I guess, I guess I can do that. And so Jesus gets into the boat and he pushes off a little bit from shore. I imagine Peter kind of uh, sitting there with his hands between his knees, hanging his head, listening to Jesus, but just dog tired, weary, not really in the mood for what Jesus has in mind or in store, and yet he is obedient to what God wants him to do. You see, miracles begin with obedience when no one is watching. Callings begin with obedience when no one is clapping, and breakthroughs happen when obedience is exercised in our life. Being available to Jesus when you are dog-tired and unhappy and God hasn't done what you wanted to do on your timetable and your schedule and where you wanted him to do it shows the obedience that you have to Almighty God. He does great things in the shallows, but that's only where it begins. He wants to call somebody deeper here today. I don't know what you're facing here tonight. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you're dealing with a situation in your marriage. I don't know if you're dealing with a wayward child. I don't know if you have a sickness in your body or a disease that you're dealing with. I don't know if you're dealing with frustration with God or you're dealing with maybe some unfaithfulness to God in the house of God or maybe apathy or you're a little lukewarm. I don't know what you face today, but missions conference is about North American missions and global missions, but it's also about you as a missionary. God wants to do something great in every individual that attends Atlanta West because he has a calling for you. And that calling might look a little bit small in the beginning, but God has great things in store for you. And so he's looking for some available people at this church. And he says, can I use your boat today? Can I use you when you're tired? Can I use you when you're disappointed? Can I use you when I haven't answered a prayer that you have been petitioning me for? Can I use you in the midst of of all of the weariness of this world, all the wars and the rumors of wars, all the fear, all the anxiety, all of the things that are swirling on social media and between different political parties. Can I use you as the church? Can I use your life? Can I use your boat? God is looking for those that are available to him. Amen. Come on, some of us, if we're honest, we would say, can I plant this church or will I look foolish to people that are around me? I know that I felt that. It's, it's a very sobering feeling to, to drive into your very first service as a church planter. 
I was nervous as could be, like I was about to preach general conference. I was so nervous. One Sunday, I've never experienced anxiety in my life, and I started hiccuping. My, my wife can testify, and I could not stop hiccuping because I was so nervous, and it was just in front of 20 people because I felt the presence of God, and I felt an urgency, and I felt everything riding on my shoulders. And I began to think, what would everybody in your home church in Wisconsin think if this church didn't work out? What would people on social media think after you've announced the launch of this church? What would people think that you went to Bible college with uh, went with them if you were a failure and this church didn't work out. I begin to process all of these things, but then I begin to feel the voice of the Lord speaking to my life. I've called you to do this. It might look small right now, but trust me, I have things under control and I'm gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. I speak against fear or anxiety in somebody's life that you can't do what God has called you to do. Today, the Lord wants you to hear and understand that he is calling you in the shallow things. Will this Bible study go well? Will this witnessing go well? Will our building situation go well? Will things work out for my lost children? Trust him in the shallow things tonight. It's been well said, if you want something done, ask a busy person. The reason being is that a busy person is already showing the aptitude, the attitude, and the ability to get things done. The person that is sitting idly by with all the time in the world on their hands has shown that they don't have that aptitude, that ability, or that attitude to work according to how they should work. Jesus is looking for the available, but can I speak to somebody today that he is looking for more than availability? He wants to preach from the very thing that embarrasses you the most. As Jesus comes to Simon Peter, he comes to a man that has just failed that night. And he asks him if he can use as a pulpit the very thing that is his biggest embarrassment at that moment. The fact that he came back empty. And I speak to somebody here, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know if it's a failed marriage. I don't know if it's the fact that you walked away from God in the past. I don't know if it's that you're dealing with something right now, but God wants to tell you that he wants to preach from the thing that is your biggest embarrassment and your failure. If you will allow him into your life, he can preach from it and use it to reach other people as you come to him and ask for forgiveness and you have obedience in the shallows. The Lord wants to use you where you are because my friend, because you have failed does not mean that you are a failure. Because you came back empty does not mean that he is going to leave you. He's gonna take you out. You tried to do it on your own, but he wants you to know that he's gonna bring back a catch that is unbelievable in your life. You have a wayward child today. God is going to bring them back into the house of God. You're dealing with a situation. God is going to bring you back more full than if you had gone out in your own power, in your own ability. God is looking for you to speak from the very place that you are most embarrassed of and most ashamed of. He wants to use that as the opportunity to reach other people. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 6, 8 says simply this, here am I, send me. And this is the mantra of those who have a missions mindset. Here I am, send me. When you're disappointed and weary, will you still be obedient and faithful to God? He is looking for obedience despite the circumstances. He's looking for people that are willing to follow him in all the situations of life. And so it is as you're embarrassed and you're cleaning empty nets on the side of the Sea of Galilee, as it were, in your spirits. 
it should come to mind that God's abundant love and mercy is there for each and every one of us. Psalms 86 verse 5 says this, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. If you have been a failure in the past and you've made a mistake today, God is loving and faithful and just to forgive you. Psalms 103.8, Merciful and gracious is Jehovah, slow to anger and abundant in mercy. You might have empty nets. You might be comfortable in the shallows. You might have nothing very nothing gained, but today the Lord wants you to know that you have the opportunity to trust him. He will forgive you and you can go back out into the waters and receive a mighty harvest. You are a missionary and God is going to use you in a powerful way if you are obedient in the shallows because we have a nevertheless in my weariness attitude. At your word, Lord, I will let down my net again. I'll do it again. I thought I'd pulled up the net for good. I thought I was never going to be used again, God. I thought you forgot about me. I thought that I wasn't going to be used in ministry, Lord, but you have a plan for me. You want me to do your will, and so I trust you nevertheless. It reminds me of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Well, this, can this cup pass for me? But not my will, but thy will be done. God, I, I want you to have your way in my life, but I want you to do it on my time schedule. And the Lord says you need to have a nevertheless a nevertheless attitude, nevertheless in my weariness, nevertheless in my brokenness, nevertheless, Lord, I will do what you have called me to do. I'll cast out my net again. Matthew six thirty three. you probably know it well. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We need to get a hold of this right now that we say, God, I want to do what you have called me to do. I want to do what you have called me to do. I seek first your kingdom, and then the rest is added unto me. Some of us have been seeking the other things first and putting God last. But he says, if you seek me first, we will see the mighty and the miraculous come to pass. We need to get a hold of this tonight. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Would you just lift your hands with me all across this room? Would you just begin to pray to God that he would develop a spirit of missions in you personally? that you would begin to see the harvest, that you would begin to say, God, I'm gonna be obedient in the shallow and the small things, Lord. I'm gonna be obedient to you. I have a nevertheless attitude. No matter what I've done in the past, I come to you and ask for forgiveness. You are faithful and just to forgive, and I know that you're gonna do it today. You've called me for a reason, and I want you to use my boat to preach from. I want you to use my empty nets to catch a great harvest, God. I might have failed in the past, but today I come to you, and I pledge that I will go back out under your direction and your timetable and do it how you want me to do. I trust you today, Jesus. I trust you today. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. He wants to do a work. And so I tell someone today that obedience in the shallows leads to abundance in the deep. I preach to someone today that when you are faithful in the little things, God will bless you abundantly later on as he nudges you further and further out into the deep waters. He does a great work. Obedience leads to relationship with God as we come to him and say, Lord, I trust you. And say, Lord, I will come to you in my weakness and I ask you to forgive me. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If you will come to God and say, forgive me and heal me for every wrong thought, wrong word, wrong action, I come before you, God, lead me into deep waters and help me to cast out the net again. I trust you for abundance in the deep. Let me tell you, that before we can ever build this building, it starts at a super eight. And for you, it starts in something small and God will lead you on to something great. 
I guarantee that the, the beginnings of Atlanta West were not as august as they are today. They started in a humble place, and God did great things, and he's taking you even to a greater level. I'm excited for you. As Brother Joel was telling me the plans that this church has, I'm excited for what God is going to do, but he wants to do that great thing in you, not just in the building. He wants to do it in you as you reach people, and you become a light here in Atlanta and reach others. Hallelujah, there are church planners here. There are future missionaries here. There are future pastors in this room. God is gonna do great things for those that are gathered here, but it might start in just a small way. Students that are here, it starts with reading your Bible every day and seeking the will of God and the face of God every day. It starts with being faithful to the house of God for every cleaning day and for every service that's here. It starts in the small, mundane things. It starts with being obedient in the shallows. And that leads to abundance in the deep. Humble yourselves before God. Obedience is the action. Proverbs 9, 10 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We must honor the Lord. We must trust him for what he is going to do. We believe that God is making a way for us in Union, Missouri. But I believe that he's making a way for each and every one of us under the sound of my voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you stand all across the room with me? There's a poem that I want to read to you about another person that planted a lot of trees. You probably know about him from history. His name is Johnny Appleseed. There was somebody that wrote a poem about him that I thought was so indicative of church planting, North American missions, global missions. It says this, in cities, some said the old man was crazy while others said that he was only lazy. But he took no notice of jibes and jeers. He knew that he was working for future years. And if they inquire whence came such trees, were not a bough once swayed in the breeze. The answer still comes as they travel on. These trees were planted by Appleseed John. Whether you're Mr. Pang or you're Johnny Appleseed, or you're teaching a Bible study to your neighbor, or you're starting a P7 Bible club in your school, or you're just witnessing to somebody on the job, or you're coming broken on a Wednesday, October 25th, 2023, with failures in your past, and you think that God can't use you, I'm here to tell you that he can. And that obedience and humility in the shallows leads to abundance in the deep. God wants to use you in a powerful way. He wants to make a way where there seems to be no way in your situation, but it only starts when you trust him in the situation that you're in. Would you raise your hands all across the room? I'm going to open this altar in just a second, but I wonder if just for a moment we can turn this room into a prayer meeting. Can you just begin to seek the face of God? Jesus, we worship you today and we magnify your name. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the call of missions. We thank you, God, for what you want to do on this great continent. We thank you, God, for what you want to do globally. We thank you for what you want to do in North and South America, Europe and Africa. We thank you for what you want to do in the Pacific Islands, God. We thank you for what you want to do in Atlanta, and we thank you for what you want to do in Union. We trust you, God, for the future, and we know that great things begin as small things. The mighty pine starts as a small seedling. And so, Lord, we say, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. We say, God, you've made way through the waters and through the fire. And so we trust you today. We say, God, I have failures in my past, but I am not a failure. You say to us that if we're willing to forsake all, that you want to use us. We thank you, Jesus. 
Most commentaries say about this passage of scripture that we read through that when it gets to the point where it says that they forsook all and follow Jesus, that it literally means that not only people, but the catch of fish that they just got. They gave it to those that had partnered with them. They left it by the side of the water. They gave it to people for free. We don't know what they did with it, but they forsook all and followed Jesus. Because it wasn't the physical, it was the spiritual that Jesus showed them. He took a real life event and turned it into a parable in front of their very eyes. And let me tell you this, that they had partners that came out. And when we partner together, both of our boats will be so exceedingly full that we will begin to sink because of the blessings of Almighty God. God wants to do great things in your church and he wants to do great things in our church. He wants to prepare our hearts to receive a mighty revival. I believe that this church is going to explode even more and God is going to use you in a powerful way. I believe as you give to the building fund here, God is going to bless you. And I believe as you sow into North American missions and global missions, God is going to use you in a powerful way and he's going to give a revival like we've never seen. Do you believe that God wants to do that here and that he wants to do it in union? Do you believe that God wants to use you in a powerful way? Amen. Before I invite you to the front, I wonder if you just in your seat right now, lay your hand on your chest or on your head and begin to pray over yourself. We're going to prepare ourselves to receive a harvest right now. We're going to prepare ourselves to receive a catch of fish that's going to break our nets. Can you just lay your hand on your heart or on your head right now? Jesus, I plead your blood over myself. I ask that you would help me to be what you've called me to be, to go where you've called me to go, to do what you've called me to do. You've called me to be a missionary, God. You've called me to go into my workplace, to go into my home, to go into my school, to reach people in my own church that are on the fringes, on the edges, God. You're calling me back from sinful past, and you're going to make a way. I trust you that the nets are beginning to break. I trust you, God, that my boat is beginning to sink under the miraculous. God, I trust you that today my body is going to be healed. Today I trust you that my mind is going to be made well. I trust you that my marriage is going to be made well. I trust you that you're going to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what I could ask or think. I thank you, God, for what you want to do. I invite you to come to this altar right now and to seek the face of God. I invite you to come and to say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. I invite you to come and say, I'm willing to be obedient in the shallows, and I trust you for abundance in the deep. I trust you, God, for the forest that I'm planting right now for my kids and my grandkids, a building to be built for them, a church to be built for them, a place for them to come and seek your face. Why don't you come in Lano West and begin to seek after God? He's wanting to do great things in this service today. He wants to touch somebody. He wants to heal somebody. He wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. And that happens in the shallows. Let him take you to deep places. Let him take you to places you never imagined. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. He's calling somebody today. Can you seek after him right now?